Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. You know, you're not really here. I know. You're not really here. You're in England. I'm in England. (laughs) I'm cuddling a baby or two. That's excellent. Well, I hope you're having a lovely time. (laughs) I haven't forgotten. British Cadbury. Oh, that's my chocolate. My chocolate fix is coming back. When, do you, when, do you, fix? when are you back? I'm back on Monday. So in time for a next perfect week's show. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Gone are the days when drinking a fizzy beverage was seen as a guilty pleasure because Toronto-based company Crazy D's Soda Labs is now offering prebiotic craft sodas to 100 retail locations across Ontario. Tamara Dirksen, who takes care of all Crazy D's business development and drives their corporate social responsibility strategy, is going to be here to tell us all about that. And get this, it's organic, it's vegan, no added sugar, no added caffeine, no added preservatives, colors, or flavors. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can add a shot of vodka to it and it'll be even better. (laughs) even like fizzy drinks, only Prosecco. That's a, that's a fizzy drink. Okay, Renee Rabello, a financial advisor at Life Coach Financial Strategies, will be back to talk RESPs and how they can be used for adult income splitting. And we're also going to have a chat with comedian Kyle Bottom about being the nickelback of comedy. That's his quote. And his new album called Dungeon Master. Toronto author Shiloh Justice is going to tell us about what led her to write her latest book, The Untold Story of a Drug Dealer's Baby Mother. And of course, we'll have the latest movie and TV reviews with film critic Anna Brody, who has been very busy at TIFF these past Absolutely. Few weeks. She says she's pretty, pretty exhausted. Now, closing out the show today, we are talking to Toronto-based pop artist Velvet Code about his new single. He's currently working with Wendy Starland. Now, she was responsible for discovering and developing Lady Gaga. Wow. Um, I think it's time to tell everybody who won our Enforcer by L'Oreal Professional Prize Pack. Built into a full lineup, Uh, Siri Expert Enforcer offers a range of shampoo, conditioner, and mask, which are all no-rinse products. And our lucky winner is Beth tomorrow from Bolton, Ontario. Congratulations, Beth. Now, she joined our Facebook Live, Mm -hmm. which is on Wednesday mornings, and you can uh, join us there, and that's how you find out about contests. And, of course, all our social media is at What She Said Talk. You can check out our free Apple podcast, where you can always listen to past shows. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, gone are the days when drinking a fizzy beverage was seen as a guilty pleasure. Toronto-based company Crazy D's Soda Labs is now offering prebiotic craft sodas to 100 retail locations across Ontario, providing health-conscious consumers soda without the guilt. So here to tell us all about that is Tamara Dirksen, who takes care of all of Crazy D's business development and drives their corporate social responsibility strategy. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks. It's great to be here. Okay, so let me get this right. The drink is organic, vegan, no added sugar, caffeine, preservatives, colors, or flavors. So what's in it? <laughs> so Crazy D's is the all of the good stuff, I'd say, and none of the bad stuff. Crazy D's is the first soda sweetened with yacon root, which is a prebiotic ingredient that helps with nutrient absorption, improves digestion, increases immune function, lowers cholesterol levels, decreases inflammation, results in a better hormonal balance, and lowers the risk of obesity and weight okay. gain. Okay, okay. So well, we, we, what's we, yacon, we, yacon yeah. root? Never heard of it. So yacon root is a prebiotic that is out of South America. Okay, well, Kate and I are flying there now. <laughs> we, we just, we, yeah, I mean, to have it and it tastes so good. It does. We, we tried the, there's three flavors, right? We tried the uh, lemon citrus, but the gin, you have ginger kick, ginger, ginger, yes, ginger kick, and then there's this one with twisted citrus. This was a little sweet and sour. It was very nice. And the other one is cherry cola, rock and roller cherry cola. That's right. Exactly. So, 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 a prebiotic, what does that mean? What does that do for you? So the um, the main prebiotic ingredient, again, in all of our sodas is yacon root. And that has anti-inflammatory properties that help improve digestion. So yacon is a plant native to South America that provides the natural sweetness to our drinks. Ah, that's what makes so it sweet. prebiotics okay. are, if you consider them, the water and fertilizer to the seed that probiotics provide and help the probiotics, which are the good bacteria that live in a healthy digestive system grow and thrive for great gut health. Okay, so this is amazing. It sounds good. Now, now, and also, I'm looking at the calorie content because you know it's 70 calories a bottle. Yes, absolutely. So that's not bad. Um, and yeah, so it's only five percent sugar. So that's it really is good. Five, that, five grams of five sugar. grams. Of yes. Sugar. So that. Um, so how does that compare to a traditional soda? Well, it uh, compares <laughs> in a very positive way. And the sugars as well are non-digestible, which is great. So that compares to 140 calories and 39 grams of sugar in mainstream soda. Well, don't you remember being in school and if somebody lost a tooth, the teacher would say, well, bring in the tooth put a glass of Coke or whatever, mm-hmm. put the tooth in, and within three days it was completely powder. Mm-hmm. It completely ate away. I, I mean, the sugar is... Yes. Sugar, like straight refined sugar is poison. Yes, absolutely. And that is really, um, you know, if we go into sort of mm-hmm. the inspiration mm-hmm. behind Crazy D's, it really is to a great extent around um, sugar. So uh, the inspiration for our sodas came from my business partner and the founder and inventor of Crazy D's, Darren Portelli. And um, everything stemmed from his quest to help himself with mental health issues. So after a particularly difficult period in 2011, he quickly honed in on sugar 
as being the major culprit. So that's where it all began. He wanted to make a soda that satisfied his craving for something that he Mm -hmm. could drink on a Friday night without guilt, something that's fizzy and flavorful and goes back to, you know, the sodas, the, the fizzy fun taste that we had when we were kids, but without the sugar. And but he didn't want to get that wallop with sugar and the anti-inflammatory triggers that um, had happened. So what started as really a personal, small-scale project became his quest to help provide our consumers with a healthy alternative. So when did it launch? It launched in 2016, and we are Toronto-based. And we've had some great growth since then, thanks to um, the, uh, the great response of our customers. Um, there's been a sort of a trend of being very transparent with yes. fizzy drinks. I mean, there's, you know, there are pop companies and then there are, you know, there's the soda stream stuff and yes. all that. Yes. Um, and do you think that's because of the the fact that people we're now so aware of the danger of pure refined sugar absolutely so consumers and if you look at our demographic it really is going anywhere from millennials to baby boomers and beyond are looking for healthy choices so they want health benefits mm-hmm. from the beverages they want transparency about what's in them and they want transparency around what's what's not in them as well but this is only not this is not only not bad for you, but it is actually good for you. Absolutely. Which I've never heard of in a soda. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yes. mean, it's something and, and that it's tastes not, really good. And it's not overly fizzy. Right. It's it's, it's a it's a a little bit. A little and it's bit. not and it's yeah. not over it's not overly sweet, but you can really taste the fruity flavor. Yes. Um and I didn't know any see prebiotic is a new term for me. Maybe not for you, but for me. Um, Prebiotics, probiotics, they're all... Yes. Prebiotic is gut health also. Absolutely. Absolutely, Yes. So the, the, you know, uh, most people are familiar with probiotics. It's out there a lot, Mm -hmm. but prebiotics not. But when you look at them, they're really sort of the yin and the yang in terms of, you know, the probiotics work much better with the prebiotics in order to fertilize them and help them to grow. Okay. So it's available... um, at Whole Foods, Farm Boy, Nature's Emporium, Goodness Me, The Big Carrot, Natural Food Market, Pusateri's Fine Foods, and McEwen. So that's a yes. pretty high-end names there you've got. Absolutely. Um, but also online? Yes. it's uh, Our sodas are available across Canada online in addition to the 100 retail locations and growing mm-hmm. in Ontario. And Toronto vegan lovers can also enjoy our sodas at their favorite vegan restaurants like Boone Burger Cafe. And we're growing all the time. So the best thing to do is to go on to our website, crazydlabs.com, for the latest list of locations. So now your role is taking care of the business development and yes. corporate social responsibility yes. strategy. The CSR. So what what is your corporate responsibility strategy? How does that play in with what you're doing? So um, our corporate social responsibility strategy is all about building partnerships with nonprofit organizations that are aligned with our mission. So we believe that businesses can and should make a positive impact in the communities that mm-hmm. they serve. So one of my favorite quotes is from Winston Churchill, who said, we make a living by what we get 
but we make a life by what we give. So um, on the corporate social responsibility side, it leverages my nonprofit experience, and it's uh, all about demonstrating our commitment not only to giving the gift of good health to our customers, but also a better future for children through our support of children's charities that are focused on children's health. So those include Lonnie Smile Foundation, which is very near and dear to my heart. I founded Lonnie Smile in 2010 in memory of my brother, and we send kids with congenital heart disease to summer camp so that they can push their mm-hmm. boundaries and they can have experiences just by being being um, just mm-hmm. like other kids. And uh, since 2010, we've raised over $120,000 to send more than 120 kids to summer camp. Crazy D's also supports Camp Winston, which provides inspiring recreational opportunities for kids with complex neurological disorders who need highly specialized support. And we also support the Robbie, which is the world's largest annual charitable youth soccer tournament in support of Cystic Fibrosis Canada and life-saving research and care for those living with CF. So when you look at all of those causes, whether it is um, heart, the heart, the brain health, and also uh, cystic fibrosis, there are many benefits from our sodas for all of those groups. That's awesome what you do. And, and also, I think, because I really loved Pretty Little Liars, Shay Mitchell from Pretty Little Meyer. You've caught his attention with the yes, soda. Yeah. Yes. So uh, how did that happen? Well, so we we have been very fortunate to have caught the attention of David Avocado Wolf, who is a health guru, and also Shay Mitchell. So to hear David Avocado Wolf say that our drinks are phenomenal when he is such a health guru, and for Shay Mitchell to uh, post to her mm. um, almost 21 million Instagram followers yeah, that the drink is her favorite is great. And, <laughs> and what's, what was really surprising as well is just, you know, this is this is, happened organically in terms of they just tried our drinks and loved them. Well, tell people what the website is one more time. The website is crazydlabs.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crazydlabs. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tamara. Thanks for having us. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Toronto-based author Shiloh Justice, who is exposing the dynamics behind the lives of crime and the abused with her new dramatic novel, The Untold Story of a Drug Dealer's Baby Mother. Welcome to What She Said. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so quite, happy to be here. Quite the title. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a really timely book because it deals with the far-reaching effects of negative uh, social, economic, environmental factors that marginalize a person's life, something that's becoming more and more a part of our mm-hmm. conversation these days. So uh, tell us about the story a little. So the story follows a young couple, Maya and Q, and it is exposing uh, the history of their background Mm -hmm. and how this currently influences their life and their life decisions. And basically, um, as the novella um, is told, Mm -hmm. Maya and Q attempt to love each other despite abuse and cheating and neglect. And the way that they come to this agreement or the way that they grow through this process is with spirituality um, through understanding that they need to be accountable and responsible for their actions and that your past does not excuse your current behavior. And so once they step into this newfound understanding that they are empowered because they are making the decisions and they are the ones that make the ultimate choice, they're able to enter into a better relationship with God and the one that created them. Do you in any way in your book reference the fact that people sometimes are just not aware of the effects of being marginalized? Or yes. are you saying that they are aware and they use that as a crutch not to not to sort of face the problem and fix it? Well, I think that it... Um Both are correct. I think there are some people that aren't aware, and when they become aware and are given the tools and resources, they can excel. And then I think that there are some people who use it as a crutch and um, like to rely on the victim mentality in order to perpetuate whatever Mm -hmm. negative behavior they're carrying on with. Mm -hmm. So the story in in total is about hope and healing through faith and forgiveness. Yes. So why did you want to tackle this topic? Well, um, my mother was murdered in 1985 in Toronto. Um, I was nine months old. I was left without a father or siblings. And I had a very interesting and, um, I think, dynamic experience growing up with my grandmother and foster care and group homes and all of these things. And all of these experiences brought together uh, who I am today. And I just felt like it was part of my duty to not only educate people, but to help people that might share a similar background as me um, and to talk to them through my writing in a way that can actually reach them and that they can relate to. So how did you manage all of that? I think one of the first things I did was I accepted the responsibility for what I could in my life um, at a very, very young age. And I just kind of took it from there. Um, My relationship with God has played a major, major role in allowing me to um, graduate from high school, have a full scholarship, go on to university. Um, I I would really say it's it's God and that accountability piece. Um, When people blame, they disempower themselves. And I think a lot of people are not aware of that. So when you're able to um, really just look in the mirror and say, like, where can I improve and how can I assess myself so that I can at least make better decisions for me? It allows people to have a confidence and a hope, you know, that they can actually go forward and and be what they set out to be. 
Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that's hard for for people who went through that is then future relationships because is, because yeah. they're they're emotionally mm-hmm. broken sometimes. Yes. But um, I would think that you would have probably sailed right through that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I my grandmother um, played an instrumental role in my life at the age of fourteen. She kind of took me under her wing and she helped to develop um, my faith and then also um, certain teachers and mentors that I had along the way were really, really helpful. And despite the fact that a lot of my peers did not graduate and a lot of my peers uh, struggled with drug issues and, and early pregnancy and these types of things, I still felt that I had to go on and I had to do what I had to do. And I felt that if I got into a better position, I could always turn back and try to reach out to them and, and help to lift them up as well. So, um, go, going back to your mother, you said, was she murdered by someone she knew? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, th- is this kind of partially her story that it you've is. woven into this? Yeah, I dedicated this series to her. You dedicated this I to did. her. Yeah. So, how does your grandmother feel about this? She's proud of me. I think it's very is. painful for mm-hmm. her. Um, I don't think you ever really get over losing a child, especially at the age my mom was only 19. Um, she was still quite young. And so for her, she says that um, she's really proud of what I'm doing, um, but she's still healing. And so it's difficult for her to get into um, deep conversations about certain things with me when it comes to mm. those I think things. it's also when people love you uh, and they had no control over yeah. what maybe you went through. It's yeah. hard to read in black and white it is. some of the hellish things that maybe you did live through because yeah. she's your grandmother. She wants exactly. to protect you. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's a very good point. Like I even I remember when I turned I think it was twelve or thirteen, she finally brought the newspaper article to me of my mother's death from the Sunday Sun and she's like I I can't talk about it, but please read it and 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 learn as much as you can, and you know try to see if there's mm-hmm. any more information that you can get. So, what do you hope that people learn or take away from your book? Uh, number one is uh, the responsibility and the accountability piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is a prevalent message uh, just throughout the book, and then I kind of really bring it home at the end. Um, and then the second part is having that faith and having that um, relationship with the one who created you. It's interesting because I, I think at the moment, um, and, I, and I don't want to con- confuse the issue here, mm-hmm. but we, um, you know, Canada has, uh, we have failed our Indigenous people. Yeah. And we're hearing a lot about the ongoing generational problems. Yeah. Um, you're saying that every individual of every generation needs to take accountability for what they do and and get away from holding the past events responsible. Yes, yes. I feel that it is um, not to dismiss the past. Absolutely. But if I were to hold on to what happened to me at the beginning of my life, if I were to hold on to the fact that I don't have a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, if I were to hold on to these things, I would not be able to progress. I would not be where I am today. Blame is just very, very disempowering. And although terrible things happen and tragedies do happen, um, pointing the blame doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense because both parties are participating. And um, even in my book, I, the, 
It's not focused on race. However, some of the characters are aware of how their race interplays into things. But um, the main focus is that you have power. You, you can control power. your life. You can control your life. You can control your destiny. Well, look at you. You've won awards already for your writing, yes. right? It's it's great. Now, what? And you said this is a series. This book is, is a series. Yes. So tell us what comes next. So what comes next is um, it's called the Heart Detox: How to Exit the Matrix. So <laughs> it is the <laughs> it is the continuation of Maya and Q's healing, along with Shiloh Justice. Um, he is like a supernatural kind of um, being and character within the novels. And then the final book is called Shiloh's Justice, where he kind of uh, brings everything together and lifts up all the characters and they kind of live a wholesome, healthy, happy, normal life. So where do people go to get the book and find out more about it? So you can go on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's also um, downtown Toronto at another bookstore. And uh, you can contact me on my Facebook page or Instagram at Shiloh's Justice. Shiloh's Justice. And when are the other two coming out? (laughs) (laughs) I hope to have the second one done by this summer. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Who who inspires you when you're writing? So my inspirations are Toni Morrison, mm-hmm. Stephen King, mm-hmm. Alice Walker, Oscar Wilde, and Joyce Myers. Oscar Wilde. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. Out of out of all those, uh, yeah, uh, his wit is just yeah, off the charts. Right? He's so funny. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming in, and telling us. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for making me. so much of your life. Oh, thank you. This is, this is great. It's a great story. Again, the title of the book is The Untold Story of a Drug Dealer's Baby Mother. Um, and uh, we will put up links to it uh, on all our social media pages so you can get it right there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up and take her to the picture show. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is a film critic, Anne Brody, who I think at this point is pretty much all tiffed out. (laughs) But you just interviewed Tantu Cardinal, who has a record four films in tiff. That's never happened before, right? Never. In all my years, it's never occurred that that I know of. But we would know. This is a record. And, And after 45 years 
doing films and television and plays. She has her first film lead at TIFF now. Falls around her. So let's take a quick listen. I've never heard of it myself. No. no. Yeah. That's amazing. It's stunning. And then the, and then the Burke's Diamond Tribute on top of it. What the heck? <laughs> now is no time to run away up north. There's no, well, I don't know. I have to replenish, see. Yes. I, I started my own project. And so I'm going back into my home territory. And there's, of course, there's a, just a well of come here, you know, welcome back. And, and there's this here, and there's this here, and there's this here. There's just so enticing. And uh, I'm really thinking in terms of a dream that I've had since forever was to have um, like an acting school kind oh. of place. Oh. And, uh, so that's kind of percolating uh, right now. There's nothing physical at the moment, but it's, it's something that I'm finally moving on now. So. All right, now there has been a major buzz. Sloppy kisses all over Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's A Star is Born. Does it live up to the original? It's good. It carries you along. The music's terrific. Uh, they have just searing chemistry together. Uh, it's the fourth making of the story of the young singer who eclipses her husband's fame mm-hmm. and, you know, with a negative outcome. Fourth time it's happened since the 30s. Um, and for the most part, it's really good, really engaging, really compelling. But it's such a cliche. And these lines come out and they're like, what? You've got such a great product here. And it's towards the end. Maybe they got tired, <laughs> the writers and everybody. But Well, uh, I understand they resorted to the F word a lot. Oh, God, it's all it is. Well, you really? It's all it is. It's you, profane. I mean, yeah. you know. Okay. You would think that they might twist it a little bit. Wouldn't you? Yes. Like they did with the one, Anna Ferris, you know, that one where it was the guy overboard or whatever, where they just just twisted it a little bit. Based on the original overboard. Yeah. But they they changed it to fit the time. It would have been a good idea. I mean, it's, I know it's going to win nominations and awards, but, you know, he's very rough and tumble. His language, uh, (gasps) Gaga is so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, she's very endearing in this. Mm-hmm. How's her acting? Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yes. Well, from her, that's seventy percent from Anne. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That's, but, that yeah, could win an and Academy for someone Award. who hasn't really acted except you know on stage and in and in videos. But it's 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 you know it's a good story, very familiar. We know everything that's going to happen. All the beats are there, mm-hmm. but uh, it's cliched. Okay. What about in fabric? Oh. Oh, you like this one a lot. (laughs) I don't think I've ever had such a good time at a film. It's a horror film. It's not gory, but it's psychological. It's from the man who gave us Duke of Burgundy a few years ago. Oh, right, right, right. And it's about a cursed dress. So uh, Mary Jean Baptiste, um, uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste buys it for a date. She's going out on a a, um, date with a new man. She's single. But the dress gives her a rash, and and then it turns around and murders her son's girlfriend. And the dress does. Yeah. Okay. So on. on <laughs> Next person who comes in, into possession with the dress, bad stuff happens. Next one. 
bad stuff happens. But it's dress. so funny. It's so funny and so horrific and original. Um, there's one scene where a baby's born, and the narrator is going, and the baby came out to say hello to everyone. Oh, maybe it didn't. The baby goes like this. <laughs> For those of you listening on the radio, the baby gave the finger. Oh, <laughs> flip the bird to the baby. It is so insane. It is so insane. It's like maybe one of Guy Madden's here. but uh, Okay, that's in fabric. So this would be something that you should probably have a, a few drinks yeah. before you go. Or well, something sure. else. Sure, yes, yes. What about the Sisters Brothers? Yeah, that's um, had a lot of buzz. It's by Patrick DeWitt, who's a Canadian author. He's an award-winning guy, and he's uh, written... A number of novels. This is one of them. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix and John Riley, John C. Riley. So it's about a couple of assassins on the trail of a gold uh, hunter. What do you call them? Gold, not a gold digger. During the gold rush. Prospector. Prospector. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) A grammar queen. And so they have a lot of conversations, all very philosophical and and like that. Um, But again, you know, murder, murder, murder. Someone just sits up from the ground, boom, and they laugh about it and they have a good time. And animals don't fare too well in it either. So I'm a big Grinch about this one. Okay. And what about Kursk? Kursk. That's a true story. I don't know if you the fellows disaster. know. You know about it. Yeah, yeah. I had no clue. Well, uh, a submarine carrying nuclear secrets and, and torpedoes sunk in the Barents mm-hmm. Sea in, I think, 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Russian government didn't really budge for at least six hours. Mm-hmm. All the Norwegians, the English in the area had, had come around to help and they refused to allow it. And uh, so it's what happens underground, underwater. It's what happens above and the political oh, backstabbing and, and blame taking. And finally, they agree to go down and get them. Mm. And they're all dead. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Matthias Schoenertz and he's cool. I just wanted to skip over to The Wife because I haven't seen Glenn Close in anything forever. Right? Yeah. yeah. What's, She's what's she back been doing for the past? Uh God knows, but she's going to be nominated for this. No really? doubt. Yeah, she plays the wife of a Pulitzer Prize winner. And she's she gave up her career in order to support him, uh, Jonathan Price. Um, he's not grateful. Her children don't appreciate what she's done. And she just comes out of her shell over in Norway. Is it Norway? Oh, I don't Sweden? know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, where the Pulitzer Prize is handed. Oh, 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 oh Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Lord God. Uh, she comes she's out of her tired. shell and, yeah, she, and, boom. and she reclaims her life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have to leave it there, but you can find more movie reviews up now on Anne's blog, which is on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks. Bye. This is 105.9 The Region. She Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And joining us now is Renee Rebello, financial advisor at Life Coach Financial Strategies. Welcome back. We've missed you. Yes, ladies. Thank you for having me. Yes, you look nice and tanned. You must have had a great summer. I had a great summer. I just got back from Bahamas with 20 ladies. Life was good. <laughs> it is good. Okay, now today we want to talk about RESPs and how they can be used for adult income splitting. So they're not just for kids anymore? No. So an RESP is a registered education savings plan. Right. And a lot of the times we think of them 
for our children and and paying for post-secondary, which, you know, is very expensive. But they can be used as an income-splitting tool for adults, too. So if there's any idea that you might want to go back to school, you can use your lifetime limit of $50,000. So if you've maxed out your RSPs and you've maxed out your TFSA limits, you can actually put up to $50,000 in an RESP, a Registered Education Savings Plan, and allow it to go... grow tax-free also. So then you have the ability to keep the money in there for up to 36 years. And then you can, if as long as you name the RESP in both spouses' name, you can actually pull the money out and attribute all the tax to your spouse, who may be in a lower income earner. I, I, I don't even begin to understand why would it then be called a registered education savings plan when it's got nothing to do with education? It's a savings plan. Well, it does because the primary, there is tax implications for pulling it out um, and it has, there is rules around pulling it out and how it has to roll into your RRSP at that point. There's a bunch of little tidbits of information that is just way too vast to go into in this, in this segment, but the possibility is there to be able to do it as a tax strategy. I understand all that. I just don't know why it would come under education uh, because it's got nothing to do with that. But anyway. The idea is you're supposed to put it in with the idea that you're going to go to post-secondary. Oh, or for, sorry, to some kind of educational. Full so role. we're talking about like a lifetime learning situation. No, nope, lifetime no? learning program is a different thing altogether okay. where you have money in RSPs, which is also available for adults. And it's a program where the government allows you to pull up to $20,000 from mm-hmm. your RRSPs to finance your education also. But that so, has to be paid back, right? That has to be paid back, but you're able to pull it out of your RSPs without adding it to your income. So you're able to access $20,000 towards your education. And there's rules around that too. There's always rules around yeah. things, mm-hmm. right? And again, the knowledge is the fact that there's these tools out there to utilize. So you could actually pull up to 20000 from your RSPs and not include it in your income and use it towards your education. And then you have to pay it back over 15 years. The government sta- stipulates one fifteenth, kind of like the home buyer plan. So going back to the RESP, mm-hmm. so it's $50,000? Lifetime limit. Lifetime limit. So and adults won't get any of the education savings grants or the lifetime learning bonds because there's rules for that under right. the age of 17. So let's say it was me and my husband. We could each do 50? Well, the idea is to make it joint because then there's no benefit to the income splitting. The only way to income split it is if you set up one and make it a joint subscriber. So you would be the joint subscriber and the beneficiary. You could set up more than one beneficiary. If you chose to go to school, then you have the funds there. They grow tax sheltered. Right. And then if you do not go to school, Mm. then you can wind it up and you can attribute the income that you made on the money to whatever spouse has a lower income. Okay, and if you die? (laughs) Well, it's the same. It has to be left. You have a beneficiary, and it's left through your will. You can name a... So would it be then tax-free? That, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. So you're thinking about this? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't have a spouse, so I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. I think you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about what, what. Well, for you as a single person, you would put it in and then pull it out later when you're in a lower income bracket. So in retirement. So when you're working, you're in your highest level, ideally, of income right. and the right. highest tax bracket. Right. So if you had 36 years that you were able to keep this this product open, then you could time it that you now are pulling it out later when you have a lower income and you're in a lower tax bracket. So is 
so would I come to somebody like you and say, I want to do this? You would probably come to someone like me and say, I'm looking for ways to strategize more tax efficiently. Right. And then my job is to bring these strategies that would work for you to you. Okay. So you wouldn't necessarily think of this strategy but our job as certified financial planners is to know these strategies mm-hmm. for our clients so that we can recommend them. So can you set up an RESP for me? Absolutely. Uh, as opposed to, I know with kids, there are companies that you, you know. It's the same companies. So oh, is it the all same the companies? same companies. Oh, okay. Yeah. The right. difference is your age and the kid's age. So the kids get grants and they get bonds and they get, you know, the 20% minimum. You know, they get all these wonderful things. And the wonderful thing is when they pull it out, for example, my kids just pulled some out for their post-secondary. And the income is taxed in their hands. So your capital is not taxed, but the growth or the grant is taxed in the kids' hands. So as a single mom, I have to be careful because if my child is not 18, then if I claim them as equivalent to spouse, that affects that deduction. So it's all about the strategies on how to put it in and how to take it out. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds very complicated, but if they go and talk to you, yes, you'll, then they, get, you'll sort it all We've got out. them all covered. <laughs> you got it all sorted. <laughs> how do people get in touch with you, Renee? Uh, they can get in touch with me through Facebook, Life Coach Financial Strategies, through my website, mylcfs.ca, and uh, they can call the office. Imagine well, a phone call. <laughs> because as usual, you bring up stuff that I've never even heard of, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Which thank- is what I'd love to do. Right. <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to tell uh, everyone about it. Well, thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is comedian Kyle Bottom, who recently released his debut comedy album, Dungeon Master. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks for having me. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name's Kyle. I'm a West Coast comic. I'm from Vancouver. I have a sweet little dog named Igor. Uh, He's the light of my life. I'm married as well. Um, I like that the dog came first. (laughs) (laughs) So, how did you get into comedy? Um, I got into comedy just because I was um, an attention hog with my friends. You know, like I was always trying to be the center of attention. And I realized that, you know, if I actually thought I was funny, I should try doing it for strangers. So I did it. And uh, it's one of those things where once you try it, you're hooked. So, But it's a tough gig. Definitely. And it's scary, but that's kind of exciting, right? It's like skydiving. Yeah, but like if it flops? Yeah. You feel horrible. It's pretty scary, yeah. And then you get up and you do it again. You have to do it again. You can't end on a on a flop. Oh. So how what would how would you describe your style, your comedic style? Um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of like uh, I'm like the Nickelback of uh, comedy. Every song or every uh, every joke kind of sounds the same, but it's different. 
Hang on a second. Aren't you actually on Nickelback's label? Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> so why does everybody hate Nickelback? Um, probably because they're jealous. You think that's what it jealous? is? Jealous? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> jealous of what? Jealous of that money. That money, yeah, that's true. Um, so Dungeon Master. Yeah. What's the meaning behind that? Are we going back to the game, Dungeons and Dragons, or is it something a whole uh, different? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a huge nerd. I do have a Dungeons and Dragons joke on the album. But, yeah, it's more just, like, about me and just being a huge nerd. Like, that's what I'm all about. I like video games. I don't like sports. There's lots of sports in video games, so you could you could combine them. I don't play any of you those. You don't play any yeah. of those? None of those 2K18, none of those basketball games, hockey games, no thanks. Well, you touch a lot on your troubles with anxiety. Yeah. So you obviously are using use comedy to some degree uh, as a way to cope. For sure. Well, it's one of those stand-up's one of those things where people, you know, they always say, "Ah, it's cheaper than therapy." <laughs> um, which if you find yourself ever saying that about anything, you should also try therapy. Try therapy. Yeah, because yeah. it's also very effective. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you get up on stage, you can speak your mind, you can talk about whatever, you know, you're thinking about. And um, for me with my anxiety, it's like stand-up paired really well with that because it would just kind of build this like crazy energy inside of me that I would have to get out. Right, because getting up on stage in front of people, like you said, I was going to say that would just make me anxious. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like it ramps everything up to this crazy extent, right? Yeah, but for me, it could possibly ramp everything up to a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, the club that I like to perform at in Vancouver is right next to a hospital, so oh, good, perfect. Oh my, they could just wheel me out one door and in the other. Okay, so you've you've got this one under your belt. Yeah. Um. What's next? What's next? Um, probably just disappear back to the West Coast, and uh, I'm going to hermit up for a little bit. I'm going to kind of get out of the public eye and work on the next album. Where do you get your inspiration from? Lived experience. Uh, that's I find I can only really write about things that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. They say write what you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you just try and lead a somewhat interesting life and get out of your comfort zone once in a while, and that's where the material comes from. Oh, I love that. Try and lead an interesting life. Like, there are millions of people who are trying to do that and aren't succeeding. (laughs) No, but if you were talking to a, I don't know, a 16-year-old who was the same 16-year-old that you were, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? Because this is a really tough gig to stand in front of people, open yourself up, bear your your inner Mm -hmm. self, and try to entertain them pretty vulnerable yeah it's like being a bullseye yeah for sure but i mean you have an advantage when you're performing comedy because you have a mic and the audience doesn't right so that's that's a huge advantage right off the bat because if someone wants to try and derail your performance hecklers yeah you're still in the advantage because you have the microphone right if i was going to give advice to a 16 year old who wanted to do comedy i'd say just do it and get used to the fact that it's going to suck sometimes right like you're going to flop you're going to fail you're going to feel really bad about yourself, but that's how you grow, right? What was your worst experience? Worst experience? Um, oh, I almost drowned when I was five. No. Oh, you mean in comedy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I had a set that went so badly when I first started comedy. That how old I, were you? Like, uh, How far were you into your career? I was 20. Yeah. I had... I was maybe six, seven months into comedy. I did a set that went so badly that it just like 
destroyed my confidence and I bombed like every show for a month and then I quit comedy for three years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So what got what brought you back? Um uh, the confidence had rebuilt, right? Like I and kind then, of and, and a lack of attention. Yeah. And I was uh, <laughs> like, ah, where's that microphone? I need people to look at me. So just Des- describe your album a little bit. Tell people about it. Um, the album, well, it's called Dungeon Master. It's um, very autobiographical. I talk about my anxiety disorder. I talk about mm-hmm. my family. Uh, I talk about jobs I've had. Like, I worked at a marijuana dispensary. I talk about that on the album. Mm-hmm. The Dungeon Master joke where I, it's about uh, me doing activities at an old folks' home, and I lead a Dungeons & Dragons group with a group of uh, Alzheimer's patients. <laughs> um, that's completely fabricated, though. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's basically what the album is. Do you think comedy has um, changed recently in that are you more careful about what you will and won't target and talk about? Yeah, definitely. There's um, There's been this big kind of shift in the last couple of years towards punching up, which means like making fun of people in power as opposed mm-hmm. to making fun of people who are marginalized or in, you know, um, not such a great position. So, yeah, you do have to think about, you know, what you're making fun of. And I've definitely considered that as well. There's lots of jokes I've dropped because I thought they were too mean. But also, yeah, there's there's such a degree of political correctness mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that you're so accountable on social media and everywhere else. Yeah. It must make you a little bit nervous, although good comedy needs to be out there. Yeah. Needs I, to be mm-hmm. inappropriate, if you will. Right. Yeah, you just kind of, you have to pay attention to what, audiences are responding to like one thing i've noticed over the last 10 years at least where i'm from uh is that like 10 years ago having women be the butt of your punchline was like a really good idea and now it is not not. a good idea right like that that shift has been very clear so if if that's shifted then other things have shifted as well so it's just about figuring out where we are with um what we think is fun well i'm old enough to remember when newfies were the were the punchline. Of course. And of course now, since everybody's been to Newfoundland and found out that they're absolutely fabulous and it's beautiful, <laughs> nobody does that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, so it's hard. I imagine it's hard because the targets do change pretty frequently. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you have to stop telling a joke because it just doesn't fit anymore, right? Like, it's... Um, you have to be able to read the room to tell the joke? Is that yeah. A big, a big... Oh, totally. Who are your favorite targets? My favorite, like, people to make fun yeah. of? Oh, um, I love making fun of uh, the mayor of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He's uh, stepping down right now. He's a great target because he's a person in power. Um, who else? Uh, I like making fun of myself. That's an easy target. Self-deprecating humor. That's yeah. always good. That's always For sure. Good. It, is, it, it is good. So where can people get your album? Everywhere. You can find it on iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify or Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's one of the, it's great. Like, technology is taking us to a place where you don't even have to buy the album. You can just listen to it for free, and there you go. You can well, listen see, to it for free. Yeah, on Spotify. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. So how are you making money? <laughs> um, every time someone listens to one of those tracks, you I get, get one? one third of a third of a penny. That's and that, big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's really big bucks. What do you tell people what your social media handles are? Because your Twitter handle, I is at Kyle's Bottom. <laughs> yes, and it's at Kyle's Bottom because at Kyle Bottom is taken, 
by me accidentally. I, <laughs> and then what'd you forget your password? No, I signed up for it when I was at an old job and I lost the work email and I don't have the password anymore. And so I can't recover the account. <laughs> I've tried so many times. So I had to, Kyle's bottom is the Twitter. Uh, I think I'm just Kyle bottom on Instagram and everywhere else. And your website is Kyle bottom. Dot com. That's right. That's good. So I, I mean, you go into comedy with a great name to start off. I <laughs> yeah. mean, that must have been, must have been easy if you like the self-deprecating humor. Yeah, it's <laughs> me and Brent Butt were the uh, were the bottom boys. Yeah, you should you should tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be perfect. Well, thank you for coming in and telling us about uh, about your album, and uh, everyone can stream it everywhere. Yeah. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. you are listening to is Break the Silence, the new single by Toronto-based pop artist Velvet Code. Welcome to What She Said. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Now, we're going to hear the full song in a minute, but, but first, tell us all what it's about. So, I, I wrote the song uh, when I was at a, a sort of a dark period in my life. Um, you know, uh, I spent a few years, you know, struggling with some, you know, anxiety issues and some depression issues and not knowing where, where things were going to go for me in general, mm-hmm. like in life in general. Mm-hmm. And I just, I sort of, uh, I, I spent a lot of time alone and started writing whatever I could, um, whatever was just coming to me. And these, the words that were coming out um, for this song in particular were exactly that, you know, uh, you know, I was out of touch. Uh, I was just basically expressing where I was today. And it was my way of therapy almost. But is it something that you hope other people who maybe are going through the same thing are going to be able to relate to? Absolutely. Because so many yeah. people are I've, facing the same thing. I agree. And um, I, my, it's my hope that people can connect to the song and realize that it's okay to be where you're at today. And it's okay to struggle with some things and if, if, if you have a way an avenue to express yourself or to let it go then then use it and that's what now, I'll try to do well something seems to be be working for you because you're Thanks. now working with Wendy Starland who was responsible for discovering and developing Lady Gaga yes as yeah. I understand it so and you've just signed a worldwide distribution deal with Cobalt A well congratulations yes. thank you so their roster includes well Dead Mouse David uh, Guetta right that's uh, just to name a couple. So, so what's next for you with all these great names surrounding you? 
Um, I am heading to LA, LA soon to work with Wendy on a few new things, um, mm-hmm. and she's introducing me to a couple of uh, producers that I might be working with. So um, that's that's coming up in, in in the next six to eight weeks. Um, I, you know, at this point, I I, I want to spend as much time as I can doing shows um, per, and performing live. I have a I've de- developed a new uh, live setup that I'm really excited about, where I'm performing with four keyboards and a and my Tractor S8 and uh, and just doing a live show, mixing and mashing my songs live. That's I, that that would that being on stage is probably the most enjoyable thing for me. <laughs> so, so what's what's your lineup coming up? Um, uh, you're gonna where? Where will you be performing? I'm working on uh, a show in New York. Uh, it's not booked yet, um, but we're we're talking mm-hmm. about doing a show around Halloween. That's the next one that I have set up, and then I'm hoping to jump on uh, a couple of tours. There's a there are two artists that I'm um, really excited to be talking to two. about uh, touring with. So that awesome! Yeah. So how do people follow you on social media? How do they connect with you? So I, I use Instagram a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram and it's Velvet Code Official. And Velvet then Facebook it, Facebook is the same thing, Velvet Code Official. Right. And, and my website, velvetcode.com. And Perfect. all this news about touring and whatever will be announced there? Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, that is it for What She Said. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on 105.9 The Region. Thank you for tuning in. And we are leaving you now with Break the Silence by Velvet Code. Talk to you tomorrow.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.